Welcome to Sung's Garage. Now, this is more than just a place to work on cars. This is a place where I'm able to connect with people, talk story, and share them with the world. Today on Your Car, My Car, my guest is a very dear friend of mine, Rahel from MZR Road Sports, out of a little town called Bradford, which is about four hours away from London. Now, his team builds the most beautiful Datsun 240s in the world. I mean, these are pieces of art. And... It was kind of fate on how we found each other. So Rahel shares with us his love for Z's and how it started. I came across uh, the 240 in a magazine about 2002. Um, and it was this race kind of flared out, uh, 240. And it just, there was just like one advert. It wasn't even a feature. It was just one advert, somebody advertising their business. And I just thought, whoa, look at, you know, the long hood and the curvy back. And I thought that, you know, kind of reminded me of a Mustang, a mini Mustang. And yeah. then that was the, that was the seed. We share how we actually first met. I've been, I've been stalking Sung for about 24 years now. So, I um, <laughs> because Rahel is into uh, ballroom dancing and I'm actually, aside from being an actor, in the Fast and Furious movies, I am the East Asian and European ballroom champion, actually. Andy shows us his beautiful original 240Z Genos. This car was, is, was my third and Z, and this, hopefully this will stay with me forever, I hope. Okay, um, all right. And obviously this car is, is kind of different to all the rest because of the Genos. I'll try and... Um, to take the video here, you can kind of see the difference between the two front ends, where the green car yeah. is the standard and the front of the maroon car is the sort of G sloppy nose. And also joining me as my co-host is Jess I'm from a previous episode of Your Car, My Car. So I hope you enjoy. All right, y'all be good. I saw some pictures of Angus, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? You need to educate me here. Is an F one hundred a truck? Yeah, it's a truck. It's a a nineteen sixty F one hundred, and uh, he's in the rough at the moment, but he's a daily driver. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So, in comparison to um, Sung's pickup is it bigger or smaller much bigger <laughs> much much bigger so it's a so big, some... what we we call it a yank tank so it's big <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to pinstripe that on him now i'll have my security <laughs> that is awesome I love that. um yeah he's probably oh my gosh so opa's probably about the size of one of the wagon mini coopers about the same probably a bit mm -hmm. longer and yeah, yeah. is like the size of like a 420g jaguar so it's big <laughs> yeah so has it got a big engine no no it has just a, a little uh two two three straight six at the moment it will have a 351 windsor but uh at the moment, it just has a straight six. Does what I need. Gets you from A to B, all right, yeah? Yeah, 
Yep. Yep. Winds out a little bit because my overdrive doesn't work, but yep, it gets where I need to be. <laughs> hey, Jess, was, was that, was Angus a positive ground car when you got it and you converted it? Or was it always mm-hmm. a, a, a So a most ground? American cars are negative ground. Okay. Um, I don't, I think maybe only hand-built ones would be positive ground if they chose to be that way. Um, okay. Because I know that you're, radio was giving you some issues um before and i talked to my dad about that and he said he had issues with his roadster back in the day because it is a positive ground thing my uh hillman meets estate wagon is a positive ground car and that that was a pain in the butt too but um now the majority of american cars are negative ground so Mm -hmm. it's it's the european and the asian vehicles at least all the ones i've ran across have been positive ground up to a point because my 69 mgb gt is a negative ground but my 59 is, is a positive ground so it's it's an evolution thing i guess yeah as far as i can tell no no uh, i think you're right awesome what <laughs> what cars hey hey Rahel, did you have any positive ground cars in your in your life in your collection i think my, my dad definitely has um uh, my dad had like uh he still has he's got kind of how can I describe my dad's collection? Kind of old, pre-60s English sort of um, brand cars. So if you look at his garage, it's kind of an English version of Mr. Miyagi's. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it really does. It just looks like he's got like a yellow one and a red. And it honestly, it just looks like Mr. Miyagi's. I just feel like it's <laughs> off when I go there. That's awesome. Uh, we, well, yeah, I, I, think, I think some of them were positive ground answering your question yeah do you do you, do you guys understand the basic fundamental concept of positive ground and negative ground could you explain it to a layman because <laughs> when i try to repeat it and articulate it i i end up in a maze in my own head I, and i go I, forget that what? you know what son i'll be completely honest with you you know i'm even in, even because i'm in the industry that i am and i do what i do I'm not that technically minded. I would say Jess has got a lot more um, sort of technical background than me. I'll be, I'll hold my hands up and say she she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm really good at regurgitating information, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, without without sounding like a, I don't know what, but I've got guys to do that. So you know, I've never been that guy to sort of. My dad was a mechanic, and my brother's quite hands on. But I've never really been sort of hands-on. You know, like you've been working on OPAR for nights and nights and weeks, doing bits and bats and getting to know her, ins and outs and stuff. Never really done that myself. You know, I've always been into the aesthetics and I've always enjoyed watching other people working on my cars and stuff. But the actual technical stuff, I it, you know, is kind of, I leave that to somebody else because that's their expertise. And that's well, the same uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jess. No, it's okay. I was just saying that was the, that's the safest thing to do when you don't know or you're not sure is let someone else do it. I'm the same way. I let George do stuff. I I can get through it and struggle through it, but I'm not mechanically inclined. I have to work no. for that. You know, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a, a struggle, but something I'm trying to trying to work on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I, 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 I get so 
I get so, you know, like embarrassed around people that can go into detail and, and, and explain um, and articulate the exact steps of how a carburetor works and how it's made and the different types and why you know has evolved. And I go, how do you know all of this? And then he's like, they're just like, I don't know. You know, it's like a guy who's really into movie trivia. Like he knows all this unnecessary information. Yeah. He goes, most of the time you can't apply it to real life. He goes, but it's some, it's like a, a, a savant that just retains all this information. And I wish I could retain it. Or most importantly, like I wish I cared enough to actually want to learn all of it. Because what I love about the car build is like to echo what, you know, Rahel was saying is that I love the collaboration element of it. I love, getting together with people, people who are way more passionate about body or mechanics or the chassis or the, you know, or the, 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 the new types of suspension. You know, when, when I'm able to get these type of, you know, get all of these wonderful people together, all these talented people, and then you create this art together. To me, yeah. that is what excites me about a car build. So, you know, going into this question is, you know, Rahel and Jess, do you feel that you guys both one being hands-on and one being more of like, I, I would call you um, Rahel, like a visionary director. You have a vision and you get all these people together to, to yeah. execute the, the vision. Do you guys feel like equally it's, it's still art. Do you guys consider your builds artwork? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. For sure. I think, I think some, I think you've hit the nail on the head, you know, You've got to stick with what you're good at. Um, and, you know, I, I really appreciate and respect every single employee that is on my workshop floor. You know, we all work together. We all respect each other's skills. We all listen to each other's suggestions and ideas. And, and, I, and I honestly, people ask me, why do you think, you know, the MZR cars are as special as what they are, how, why do they drive different? And I honestly think that it all starts at the very beginning of the people who make the cars um, and, and just respecting each skill set and working together as a, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, it's a proper family. Sorry. That's how it should be. cheesy. Yeah, it's how it should you know, be. It's, well, you've, you've been here, yeah. son. You've seen it. You've seen how we work and how we talk and how we liaise with one another. It's, it, you know, we, we bond, and when you bond together and you're all facing in the right direction, that's when your goals become, you know, achievable and to the standard of what they are. Yeah. So how did it all start, Rahel? Like, tell us about your first seat. Like, I want to know the whole origin of how uh, MZR came to existence. And But first of all, I want to know why... Um, you even have this love affair for the 240Z. And that's the thing that connected you and I. We didn't know each other. Like, I followed you yeah. on Instagram. I saw your builds. I happened to be in the UK. You were in a city that was like four hours away from where I was. And I felt like yeah. I needed to go visit a cousin that yeah. I never met. And our connected tissue was this 240Z. So Absolutely. where did it all start? What was your first seat? My first, I mean... I think when you came up, I explained that I haven't grown up with um, the 240. I mean, you guys are very lucky over in the States because there was such a high-selling, popular sports car back in the 70s. So um, I'm sure a lot of people's affiliations with the cars from America is their parents had one or they used to see one walking down the street when you were going to school or 
they had one at, you know in college or, or or that kind of connection. Whereas over here, they sold very, 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 very few in the UK mm. because of the um, high import taxes and and probably because Jaguars were more sort of um, appealing to the to the buyers and stuff. So I came across uh, the two forty in a magazine in about 2007. Wow. Um, oh no, sorry, sorry, I beg your pardon. About 2002, I'm um, getting my, okay. my years mixed up. About 2002, um, and it was this race kind of flared out, uh, 240, and it just, there was just like one advert. It wasn't even a feature, it was just one advert, somebody advertising their business. And I just thought, whoa, look at, you know, the long hood and the curvy back, and I thought, that, you know, it kind of reminded me of a Mustang, a mini Mustang. And yeah. then that was the that was the seed. That was the seed then. Um, and then nothing happened for about two years. I went on the internet uh, shortly after that and I read how badly they used to corrode and rust, especially in the UK with salty roads. And then in 2007, um, that's when I saw a white one. It was Christmas. It wasn't a lot of money. And I had I had the funds, so I took the plunge and I drove down only about an hour away from where you were filming F9 song um, in Oxford, and mm-hmm. um, or maybe less than that actually. And I collected the car, never driven one, and um, I was just blown away how easy it was to drive compared to my dad's classics. It was so <laughs> nimble and light. And honestly, it was brilliant. It was like a um it was it's like it was like a girl it was just beautiful and it was just easy to, easy to maneuver you know um and then that was it i was hooked what easy to maneuver oh my god my wife's gonna listen to this <laughs> we can we that's can edit that out, right? That's the quote of the day. Easy to maneuver. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that to my wife on her birthday. Oh I love God. you because you're beautiful and you're easy to maneuver. I and hope, and son, this is the this is the month that I'm fasting. I'm meant to be good. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. There's my there's okay. my blooper for the day. That's it. No more blooper. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then what happened is, um, I had a few bodywork issues because they were, you know, because of the rust and stuff like that. And I sold the car, and it was, um, it was a time where the currency was really in favour for the pound was like worth two dollars. Um, mm. So, and I saw this uh, brown two forty, uh, same colour as your. Remember Fuguzi? Same color yeah, as that. Copper. Um, it's called copper. Yeah, copper. Yeah. It's called yeah, brown. Yeah. brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a boy, I think it I think it cost me like twelve hundred pounds delivered. It was it was crazy how cheap it was. Um, mm. and when I got the car, then my mission was to try and find somebody to restore it. And I knew what I wanted. This like you said, the visionary kind of thing. I knew what I wanted, I knew how I wanted it to be. I couldn't find anybody in the UK. Mm. Um, mm. And then somebody suggested a, a, a gentleman called Martin Ryland, and he was a expat. He, he was a UK, he was born in the UK, lived in the UK, but then he moved over to France. Um, and he 
restored Z's over there. And that's when I got why? in touch with him. Why? Why in France? Was, were a lot of Z's popular in France? No, because basically because I couldn't find a company in the UK to do what I wanted to do. They all no. What I mean is, why was Martin in France building Z's? Were there a lot of were Z's popular um, in France? He was no, no. He he just moved over. He moved over there for a better life. Oh, I it's see. just you know, yeah, you know, he, he moved into a lovely farm with nice countryside, and um, I think they just wanted a change, um, so that's why they went there. And he had like a farm with a you know like a big barn and outbuilding. So I guess the Overheads were cheaper than being in the UK, um, oh, I see. And, and and that's how he started. He came over, and everything I asked him, he said yes. He never said no, and, and I realised his skill set. And I think this goes back to what we were saying with Jess. Realised what he could do, um, mm -hmm. and that's how it started. We did, we we you know, I imported a few more. He did a few more in France, and then we thought, you know what, we want to do this properly. You know, there were other companies doing. But Wait, wait, wait a second. The evolution of your first C to building the company MZR went way too fast. So oh, let's sorry. rewind a little bit. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to talk about the first C. It went from you, you, you got the car delivered and then you opened MZR. No, no, we're going we're gonna to talk <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, after my five minutes song, fine. No, yeah, yeah, that was way too fast. Way too fast. And jumps. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So. You picked up the cop. So, what year was the copper uh, Z? The copper, there was the yeah. I think it was a seventy-three. I think the my first white one was a seventy-three UK one, and this one was a seventy-three also. Okay. Um, so that came over. Yeah, like I said, that came over. Nice, rust-free. You know, looked pretty straight because a lot of them. You know, it doesn't take much if they have a little collision at thirty miles an hour. It just it can do quite a lot of damage. You know, there wasn't a strongest of chassis um yeah. back in the days so you know it was straight it was it was a good start it was a good base and you got it um, from japan you bought it from japan no, got it, got it from Is california oh you oh, wow. oh, oh okay yeah yeah oh, wow. eBay, so that's what i'm saying ebay california that's like i was uh, you know the currency was good so i bought it over here from california um and it I, honestly it was all fair everything that happened was just meant to be the, the gentleman that I bought it off in California was a trader. Um, so then I made that contact with him through that first sale. And then many months later, I got back in touch with him. I said, can you get me some more? And that, you know, he helped me source more. But when we did develop and go further and, and start restoring them for clients, uh, but yeah. just rewinding back a bit, um, Martin took the car, came to the house, drove all the way from France to pick the car up. We talked about what we could do and I went through so many. I went from it being a rally car to wide arch to Geno's, honestly song, every variation. Um we talked about and we discussed and even though we didn't follow suit with a lot of them, they were all ideas that I still use today on the cars. You know, from right back at the beginning I always think oh, I'd like to do one with Fred like to, you know, do one with bespoke arches and, and all these ideas that just developed and been nurtured and um like I said, it, it genuinely was I think things are just meant to be. And even though yeah. there were big gaps, you know, I, I ran another business for five years in between Martin um doing my restoration and doing other cars and then um, the planets aligned. Um, he'd, he'd restored my car um, 
it was pretty standard actually from what I started out to be. But that's only because I knew where we were going with it all as a business, and I knew that I could live my dreams through other people's and other clients' cars. Um, and wait, wait vision. a second. So, so when you from from the from two thousand two when you you found the first seat, right? You, yeah. The eBay. No, no, no. two thousand two is two thousand and seven when I got the first seat. So. Oh, 2007. Okay. Yeah. 2007, you get the first Z. But why is the Z? Like, there were so many cars in the world that you could have, you know, you could, you could have fell in love with. But why the Z? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get to the core of that question. The company, MZR, we'll talk about that a yeah, little yeah. later. But I want to know why that car. It could have been a Porsche. You could have been a Porsche guy. You could have been a Mini Cooper I don't know. guy. You I could don't have know. been a Jaguar guy. Yeah, don't you think the the Datsun has because what of, you're doing, Rahel? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jess, right? What Rahel is doing makes no sense. He's building these one-off, like beautiful, extremely expensive two forty Zs, right? That you, I, <laughs> I always scratch like, who's buying these things, right? But then when you see what they create, it's like a it truly is. It's like a it's human legacy being left on this earth because they're building these art pieces. They're like monuments to their passion. You know, like when you go to, I mean, I wish I could just take everybody there to, to uh, Rahel's shop and meet the, the, the family and meet the, meet the people in the town. And you, you it, none of it makes sense. You go, why are these guys in the UK building these little Japanese cars? And then who the hell is buying these? Like, there are over a hundred thousand dollar cars. So, so there has to be like, you know, heart and passion behind it. So where is that from? But why the zero hell? What's that? Well, come, that's on. come on. Sorry. Go on. Yes. Oh, it makes complete sense. The passion that's, that's part of it. You know, if there's no passion and they're just pumping them out just to make money, it's just makes them not worth it. But because there's passion and there's, the knowledge and the quality and people see that and they may have loved Z's since they came out. They may have seen them in a magazine with one advert and just fell in love with them. But because the passion is there and the quality is there, they're going to commit and they're going to be like, you know what? That's it. I want these guys. I want this family to build me a car. I, it makes complete sense to me. Mm. I could do with Jess working for me as my spokeswoman. <laughs> She's hit the nail on the head, hasn't she? She's absolutely hit yeah. the nail on the head. But, you know, two, this, I think there's two, two main factors. I tell you, the two biggest factors is the, is the sh one is the shape, yeah? The proportions of the Z. I, yeah, I know this this small compared to any of you, and you're on the modern road. But if you took a, just take a, a 240Z on, on its own and just look at it all the way around. When you look at your car, it's at, it, there's not many bad angles, is there? Is there any bad angles on, on the Fugu Z? There yeah, isn't, is there? It's just right. No. Yeah, and, yeah. And I reckon the second one for me, I don't know, it's just always had this exotic, I think because it's very rare in the UK, I think that's a big thing. Um, even now, you're you know you're very 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 lucky to see one on the road, unless you live in Bradford and you see lots of our cars going on road tests. <laughs> but 
it's that I think the fact that it's rare, exact, exotic, and and the biggest thing is like ninety five percent of the people here in the UK, when you go to the petrol station to fill up with fuel, the first thing they'll say is, "Wow, that's amazing." Second thing, always, what is it? <laughs> and that's but that for me <laughs> is that's a kudos that makes it special. You know, nine mm-hmm. eleven. Everybody knows the 9-11. Everybody's seen the 9-11. You know, they're, they are beautiful shaped car, but they're common. You know, they're, they're not as rare as the, as the 240. Um, and, I, and I think that's a big thing with me, for sure. Yeah. That would definitely it makes sense. It. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You know, it, it, it's a, MZR is a testament to what Jesse was saying was that you, know, you put your passion into something and the right people recognize it because I scratched my head, Rahel. I mean, I told you this, you know, when we met, that I needed to meet you because I was, I was, I was wondering like how the audacity, the, the, the confidence, the, the nerve of this person to open a company and say that I'm going to reestablish the marketplace for 240Zs prior to your company they were not selling for over 50,000, even like fully restored, very, yeah, very China. hard, right? So yeah. then I was going, well, how could you just like create a new market? And I was like, what is, what are you selling? I was, I was, I, was, I actually was so curious, right? Because, you know, when you build a car, you can, you can put dollar amounts to certain elements, certain parts, and you go, well, where, what, are, what are you guys actually building that's going to separate yourself from other car builders? And then when I went there, I, it, it's, you, you can't replicate that. You can't duplicate it. And then it really comes from you, Rahel, because... It comes from know, me. Like it, comes from, made, it comes from Martin as well. You know, Martin's, he's, 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 he's very much behind the scenes, but he's the guy who set... He set you know, whereas I have the vision and, and maybe, maybe, maybe the design flair, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes I might get it wrong. I don't know. But when it comes to the, the standard... Um, you know, the actual sort of the build quality and the standard, it's Martin who has set that now. He, you know, he's created that template for for our cars. And, you know, he, he needs to take a lot of credit for that, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I wish he was here. Well, I mean, maybe we can do a Zoom, you know, visit with him on another episode. You'd have to pay him a lot of money, son. He's not into all that. <laughs> Oh, he's not? Okay. Well, forget it. You'll be his I'm spokesperson. Just, well, yeah. you'll yeah, be his I'll, spokesperson. I'll be his spokesperson. Yeah, yeah sure. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's like when you, I mean, you made me laugh when you came because you were like, you were like, I can remember at the end of the day, you were talking to Martin and you was like, you know, you get the cars, you get what, and he was like, why Bradford? And you were like, it even makes you more mystical. I remember you were, used them words and I thought, I've never, obviously it's my hometown, I've never looked at anything different to, to what it is. And when you guys say it's, it's kind of uh, unique or unusual, it, I, to me, it isn't. You know, why not, why not in the UK? Why not in Bradford? You know, it's, it's, it's where we are. It's, it's, it's where it's it, is. it is like a, you guys are characters out of me. You know, it's like it's, if I were a kid that saw a 240Z for the first time, and I came from middle of nowhere and I was like, where do I find, you know, someone who can help me? Who are the masters? Who's Mr. Miyagi of the 240Z? <laughs> but I have to go to Bradford, right? You have to go to 
this small town in the UK and yeah, find yeah. you guys, right? And uh, even where your shop is located, it's like you, you know, you go, where am I going right now? Right? Like it's kind of very, it's very industrial. It's a it very is, industrial yeah. town. It's like the And if it's so industrial, yeah. then how did you guys even end up connecting? So, like, if it's like in the middle of nowhere, kind of thing, unsuspecting, did you guys meet because some followed your Instagram or? Because of the Fuguzi, or like, how did your guys' friendship come to be exactly? Shall we, shall we tell her the truth? So, yes. Yeah, sure. I've been I've been stalking Sung for about twenty four years now. So, I... um... <laughs> because Rahel is into uh, ballroom dancing, and I'm actually, aside from being an actor in the Fast and Furious movies, I am the East Asian and European ballroom champion, actually. And uh, I go by an alias that you will never know. So Rahel is a fan of ballroom dance. So he's been following me for about 24 years. Honestly, get some secrets. Yeah. If you you want to see this guy moonwalk with stilettos, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I got the moves. I got the moves. Oh, um, take no, in all, all seriousness, how I mean, I don't know what your recollection is, but my recollection is it's purely from social media. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Found sure. the MZ, you know, I had somehow discovered MZR, and I was. I think just, I, I think I, I might have tag, tagged you in a few of the posts or something because it was. I got to know about you. I mean, I didn't watch many Fast and the Furious films, but obviously, because of the Fugu um, car, I got to know about your affiliation with the car. And I think I tagged you in a few pictures, maybe, and then we've just got. We, I think it just started from there, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so we were following each other via Instagram. Instagram, and then, yeah. I don't. I don't think we ever spoke to each. Other. I don't think we were like no, no. corresponding. Time, I think we were just following. Time you rang was, yeah. Uh, when you were filming in the UK, wasn't it? Yeah, and then I was in the UK filming Fast Nine, and I was. I had when I when I left, you know, the state to the UK. I said I am going to go to MZR. I got, I have to meet these people. The pilgrimage. About and I had all the yeah, I had all these like you know kind of ideas in my head who these people were and what the town was. And then and then I connected. I, I think I messaged you and I said I would love to come and visit you. Yeah. And then yeah. Rahel corresponded. And then I found that it was four hours away from London. <laughs> That's not very four, far. It's four, uh, well, it's it's far in London. If I'm in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and the beauty of this, the, the, we have to. I have to share this with you, Jess. Is that you know? So, so the production, uh, Fast Nine production, um, had a uh, a gentleman help me out and and and. Uh, drive me to uh Rahel's shop and uh and we didn't really know each other right and when we got there Rahel was right away so open and like he it's different because you meet people and then you go oh he's your driver like whatever and you know well we'll do our thing but Rahel just opened, you know, it was, it was, it was weird. It was like, he was more focused on this gentleman because I think at the time, both of us recognized that maybe he was going through something in his personal life. I don't know. There was some energy there. And, um, Rahel shared his cars with this gentleman. 
And by the end of it, Adam we Hill, really we went, did. Remember, we went, we went really, for a nice meal together, didn't we? Me, you, and Darren. Yeah, yeah. And the whole at, at first, I thought it was going to be this trip of, you know, it was going to be for me, and it was about you know the things that I was interested. In. And then Rahel always goes back to everything happens for a reason, and I feel like that day, Darren drove me there to. I don't know, to create some relationship with the three of us. And I feel like the three of us have this friendship and that memory in the UK is so strong. So I don't even remember the car that much or the cars so much, but I remember that experience, right? And I, and that's why I feel like our friendship was like speed track, right? Because if it was just like, oh, you're an actor, you're into my cars, maybe we could do business together or whatever, we'll help each other out in social media or whatnot. Yeah, never about yeah, that. That, that friendship is fleeting, right? But you're always looking for purpose in life, right? And I think that's what resonates in your cars, in your creations, you know? And I just, I, I feel like it's important for people like Jess and Rahel to, to meet each other because, yeah. you know, Rahel, you're a very special person. I just wanted to say that, man. I mean, I, I think, thank you. I think that's enough promotion for you today, but, uh, you know, you're. No, I, I mean, you know what? It's, what doesn't matter what you do, does it? Whether Darren was a driver, whether I make cars or whatever, whether you're an actor, whatever. You know, life's all about respect, isn't it? It's it's all about friendships and respects. Because you know, you take away some. You know, when people talk about you after you're not here, they're, they're not going to talk about. They might talk about your films because it's probably a different scenario. But it's about who you've left an impression with and how you were with people, and it's about loved ones, isn't it? Everything is about loved ones. And, you know, and you've got to pass that, whether it's your employees, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's strangers. And, and that's what it's all about. That's what, you know, that, and I think that's why me and you and Darren had such a great day that day because of that reason that we were, it was a level playing field, wasn't it? Yeah. Sure was. Yeah. Well, hey, I, uh, I want to get to the cars. Let's get to the fun <laughs> stuff, yeah? Yeah. Things. Let's yeah, go. Okay. Here we yeah. go. Come on. Let's, let's, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's right, check I out to, these. I, I need to flip this round now. Let me think. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. So this is where we are. Oh right. God. Let me... <laughs> I've already been drooling all over your Instagram, so this is. <laughs> so oh we've got. Um, I need to tell you a story about this. This is the demo car that me and Sung went out in. Yeah. So what yeah. Sung won't tell you is, <laughs> he. So we get in the car and uh, we swap. <laughs> out, I get. I, I take him out of the town centre. Yeah. Yeah. And I get him on this nice country road and we swap. So I'm in the passenger seat and um, I've got the Fast and Furious Sung Kang driving my car. <laughs> and we're driving along, cool as you like. And he's like, and, I, and he's like, oh, I, I've never driven on this side of the road before. And I said, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're doing okay. And finally, goes, and then he turned to me and he's like, Rahel, you know, I've never had a car accident in my life. And as he said that, he switched on LA mode and he was driving on the wrong side of the road. 
Oh, no. And Darren was behind us. I swear, if Darren filmed that, that was that was footage for the Fast and Furious Ten driving <laughs> on the wrong side of the road in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so, a bit. Yeah, I'll just quickly give you a tour around. This is this is uh, this is the assembly area where uh, all the cars get put together, and here is. The preparation and the fabrication area is looking a bit sparse at the moment. We've got some more cars coming in. Um, and what car should we talk about? My ZG song? Yeah, let's talk about your first one, the Genos. That's your that's your that's well, your first personal one. car. This, oh, this car this car was is was my third and Z and this I hopefully this will stay with me forever. I hope. Okay. Um, All right. And obviously, this car is is kind of different to all the rest because of the Genos. I'll try and um, to take the video here. You can kind of see the difference between the two front ends, where the green car yeah. is the standard, and the front of the maroon car is the sort of G sloppy nose. And yeah. this car took me about five years to persuade the owner to uh, sell it to me. Um, it was a gentleman uh -huh. called Alan Thomas. And uh -huh. he is probably, he's, he lives in London, um, uh -huh. and he's a very modest guy, but he's probably the most knowledgeable um, historian on Datsuns outside of Japan. Wow. In the world. Yeah, seriously. He speaks fluent Japanese. His wife's Japanese. He, honestly, he, what he knows or, or what he doesn't know isn't worth knowing. He knows... He's got contacts in Japan. He even knows the people who worked at the factory at the time of making these cars. Wow. Um, yeah, seriously. He, he'll play it down, but he really is. It took me five <laughs> years for him to part with this. Um, and um, I think it's in, in good hands now. So this car, they made about, I think some people wrote about 482, but it wasn't right that because they, they built this car for homologation reasons and you have to build at least 500 cars um, oh. to qualify for that. So basically what they needed to do, sorry, my finger's in the way there. Um, you've, got the, you've got the flares um, and then you've got the extended nose, sloping nose cone there and they needed to use these on the race cars. So they had to produce a certain number amount up for the public um, I think the real accurate sort of figures would be around 1,000. They made about 1,000 of these. Um, number. And yeah, it's, it is low number, but there's a lot of replicas out there. Um, mm. Luckily, this has got quite a lot of provenance, and it's been quite well documented in Japan and stuff like that. So this, this is the real deal. Um, it's hey, got the, else, so, yeah. Sorry, but so the Genos and the Fender Flares are factory? They're actually from factory. That's, this is a factory. This is how the car came from factory. Apart from wow, this would have been on steel wheels. You know the thin, like uh -huh. four and a half, five inch wheels. Yeah. So this yeah. came from factory like this. Um, and, That's amazing. Um, yeah, it really, honestly, they're, they're such a unicorn car. I mean, there's so many replicas out there because what they did in yeah. um, they sold the actual Geno's kit. The genuine kit uh, in America as well, so it would qualify for the American uh, race market. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a lot oh, okay. of cars. Yeah, you'll have a lot of sort of standard 240s, but with the Genos fitted. Um, but this has got quite a few lot of, you know, quite a lot of aftermarket uh, period aftermarket Japanese goodies. Like obviously the 
Watanabe's, which you love so much. They're the iconic wheel, aren't they? Yeah. Beautiful. It's got, yeah. it's got the... Now, the good thing about this car is it's got a lot of upgrades, but a lot of them are genuine Nissan competition. So back in the mm-hmm. 70s, this is what you could order from, from the Nissan factory. Um, mm-hmm. And I forgot to tell you as well, this car was only ever sold in Japan. This, the Geno's wasn't sold anywhere else in the world. So just um, the mm-hmm. sold in the United yeah. States whole car wasn't. The, yeah, just in the United States, you could buy just the front end, just the kit just to the put front. on a normal 240, yeah. Uh, but the actual 240Z, you know, the complete car was only sold in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get if I get too nerdy and a bit too technical, then just let me just rein me in because no. there's quite a lot of stuff to talk about. So, um, <laughs> so wait, got, wait, wait. The the Rahel, the Gino's is from factory. Was the front end uh, put together with the kit, or did they actually no, just have left, their it, own? It, it would have uh, left. It would have left the factory just like that, but with steel wheels. Right. And hope I, I think what Sung is asking is, did, did Nissan in the factory in Japan use a Geno's kit, or did they have a complete different setup that they modeled the kit after? Yeah, no, the no, kit that's was, the question. The kit was produced by Nissan right. for, for, the, for, the race, for the race cars, basically. And that was yeah. fitted to only these like thousand cars just for the um okay just to make the numbers so they qualified for the i think it was group four japanese racing mm-hmm. oh so okay so it started so it started as original a base c and then they put the kit on it and then it came yeah, out yeah yeah so basically okay. the, the, the whole it's a, it's a normal 240 shell and these bits mm-hmm. hold on yeah okay okay so the actual so basically nice. from the from the nose backwards it's just a normal the, the hood's the same. Uh, everything else is just a normal uh, S30 chassis. So right. I know you said before that people over there, there's not a lot of Zs. So they're like, what is that? So with this car, do they do that? But are they like, oh, is this like an E-type they never made or something? Because the nose is much more similar to an E-type than an actual Z. Yeah, it looks I think like the, an E-type. Yeah, it does. It very, very much so. I, very much, I think I think the Japanese. I mean, even the cars kind of got a lot of. Influence. The 240's got a lot of bits and pieces from. I think the Japanese are very good at looking at what works and and then doing it better. I think oh, historically, yeah. yeah, they're good at that. And I think I think you're right. I think the I think the E Type was definitely. I mean, this was the E E Type's rival uh, of when it was produced in the 70s. As but the, the yeah, but the only downside was it was cheaper to buy an e-type jaguar than this car because mm. of the import duty so obviously you know tendency would be to go you know as an englishman stick right. with your own and and buy the jaguar yeah kind of thing so yeah. there you go Um i'll just take you in here into the so cockpit. what color is that what what's that color is that that's, that looks like a copper brown what is no that color? It's, not, it, it's actually Okay, so Z, so you've got the Z, which is the Z, and the G actually stands for Grand, as in like Grand Prix. So the Z G, yeah. the G, yeah, it's, and this color is called Grand Prix Maroon. And this is another okay. unique thing about this car is it's the, this is the only, the only, the only color you'll find in Grand Prix Maroon is a two forty Z G. A normal two forty is not. It's a Nissan color, but the only color you'll see this on is a is a two forty Z G original color. Yeah. Wow. 
it's a really it's a rare thing altogether um and then you've got oh sorry you've got the these are genuine nissan competition seats yeah you should get close wow. let me see um, and you, you, you can so tell beautiful. they're genuine because yeah they're so cool they're very narrow the thing is is all this was meant for you know because they didn't sell them outside the homeland so everything was geared towards the japanese right and they've they've uh, got narrow bums <laughs> <laughs> narrow bums yeah and even if, if you look here i mean if i know this is getting a bit nerdy but if you look here i don't know if you can see um even the seat rails i've got like extensions on them from the factory because of the height of the gen you know sort of um average japanese person was smaller than yeah. the european so the seats would yeah. go forward mm -hmm. um you could actually reach then, i understand that one <laughs> <laughs> jess i'm fasting don't drink your coffee please um i'm joking <laughs> um and then we've got uh, this is a genuine Japanese uh, Nissan competition steering wheel, and obviously, oh, the uh, the dials are KMH rather than MPH. And then we've got original. This song will like this original stereo song, like your own. Wow! Yeah. That. And wow. it's got a switch. This and thing it's got is a switch. beautiful. It's got a switch here. And just imagine this back in the seventies. That's for an electric aerial. For what? Electric aerial. For what? What's that? Antenna. What's that mean? Electric you know aerial. You know for the That's radio, what you guys the call antenna? it. Oh, oh, electric radio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For the aerial to go up and down, the antenna to go up and down. You've got to switch here. Oh, to, wow. to, that goes up and down. Yeah. Um, what else is unique? We've got the. We've got the, uh, yeah, the, the stopwatch that, that came from the race cars as well. You know, the 432 song? That's what yeah. this would have had, yeah. So that's really Wait, is that was So that that was a factory option too, or did you put that in? They, they, this, is, this is probably, I would have thought these probably fitted afterwards in Japan. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, okay. I, I, I would imagine. Sorry, Jess? So like a dealer edition or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, you know, rare, expensive edition now because all these kind of things are sought after. Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've never seen that. So cool. So rare. It is, it's, it's pretty, pretty rare. In fact, there's a guy in uh, America who restores them clocks. He's like the only guy I know in sort of outside of Japan who will restore it. Um, what else have we got here? This is, again, this is a Japanese thing. You've got, again, for the small, smaller, the footrest. <laughs> That's, oh, wow. that's genuine, genuine. You see, you never see these in America. No, uh, I've never seen that. Nissan. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? And then, and in the back, it's got an aftermarket Whoa. roll cage. Yeah. That again is from that's Japan. So clean. That's so yeah, clean. Actually, actually, yeah, it's not that. It, it's it's this car's unrestored. Yeah, yeah, this car's unrestored. So it's not. It's got a, it's got a lot of blemishes and imperfections. It probably looks quite good on the video, but I like it that does. about this. It's got it gives it character. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the A with that on the door card? Can you go back to the door card? I've never yes, seen that that armrest like that. That's a unique armrest. Because that's not the maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, so, maybe that's uh, yeah, maybe that's um, yeah, that door handle, the handle right there. That yeah, right by I've never this seen this. No, not that one. That one, yeah. Not that yeah. one. The other one. This other one. one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I've never seen do. that. Yeah. Yeah, they have these. I mean, they had these on the English cars uh, on the passenger side. Um, mm. Yeah, I think they did. I think they had these on the passenger side again. So maybe it was a uh, a UK and European spec compared to mm. the Americans, because they did. Wow. Obviously, you know, you guys had the um, you guys had the red in. You know, like the on the rear, your uh, what do you call them? Blinkers. We call them signal. You know, turn signal. Is red yeah. on yours yeah. on Fuguzi, whereas on the uh, UK and European and Japanese they were um, they yeah. were amber. Yep. And mm. I just I love all these little all these little stickers, you know the Japanese stickers. Um, what's that sticker? What's the piece? What's that one? Oh, that's, that's what's that? What's that? What does that mean? What's that I from? don't know. I don't. This, these okay. all came on on with the car. Um, oh, cool. And I just yeah, I just love these. Let me hey, go back to that one. Go back to the other one. This one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one. Oh, that's cool. It's but all that's history. Cool. That's what makes it so yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'll just quickly show you under the hood because I don't want to bore you guys too much. One second. Oh, you're not boring at all. Don't worry about that. Oh, this is not boring. <laughs> so, this is, so it's original numbers Ooh, matching. What? Um, so it's got, and so these these will have been fitted afterwards. The triple um, Macunis carburetors. What is this? What is that special. What is that? This this what is, is an airbox. This is an airbox. Again, this is an aftermarket. They call it an R factory uh, airbox, and this would have been fitted on your favourite car, the four three two R. Wow. Yeah. So this so basically this has been fitted upside down to make it work on on this engine. But I just love it. It's it's so cool, isn't it? It is. That is That's super awesome. cool. I've never seen that before. That's no, amazing. No, it's really That's rare. Really, fun. really, really rare. Yeah. Wow. That is so That's cool. beautiful. Yeah, it's a cool car. It's a cool car. It's very different to the MZR cars, and sometimes I love it, and sometimes I don't love it as much. But I I can't I can't change anything on it because it's 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 too original. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't was... want to change anything on it, you know. It's 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 got a lot of special, um, and it, and it's a car that I chased for such a long time that you know I just I just feel that it is needs to stay as it was, you know, stay as it came to me. And I think that's what Alan was worried about um, when I chased the car for so many years was the fact that he was thinking that maybe I'll put fuel injection on it or you know do something rad because of what I do. Uh, right. But you know, yeah. I promised him that I want to keep it that way, and that's that's the way it's been. So uh, oh. yeah, so that's that's my that's my daily. Can I interject a moment? Yeah. So on your Gino's car, I yeah. feel like because of what you do with all the of your commissions, I think because of what you do with those cars, that makes you kind of a bit more in tune and you admire the originality of that car a bit more probably 
I mean, I'm yeah, good. for sure, for sure. I think, I think as well, Jess. I think it's a really good, it's a really good uh, measuring sort of tool to make sure that I never detract too much. You know, for all the modifications that we do, and it's you know, some's driven the, the green car. It's still, a, it always has to be a two forty. You know, regardless of what we do to it, yeah. If we if we make it too refined um, and take away that seventies sports car retro vibe, then I think we might have just overstepped the mark. Do you know? Do you know where I'm coming from? Um, I absolutely get it, one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think that car is super super cool, and it's like a good, it's a good neutral, I guess. So then when you do compare your cars that you're building to it, you can just be like, yep, they're still brothers. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when I, do, when, I do, when I do drive it, sorry, when I do drive it, and, and there's a lot of things I think, you know what, I'm, I'm really glad we did improve on, on that area, and I'm glad we did improve on that area, because it's, it's in, you know, I'd like to think that I could drive, and I have done in the green car that some drove, I've drove nine hours straight in that car and we did a video once and I drove nine hours straight and I didn't even realize until I got back to the workshop how many hours I'd been out and and I thought then I thought you know what I've done my job right because I loved it and I was engaged but I didn't feel exhausted at the end of it so I'm thinking that you know just these little things that we put together all worked you know so um, and I think that's the key I think that's what I clients are always asking for. They want to, they want the cool retro. I mean, a lot of our clients now, Jess, they're not, they're, they're not retired. They're, you know, they're in the thirties, they're in the twenties. You know, we've got two, two of the highest spec cars that we're ever going to build um, in the pipeline. And I think he's 20, 24 and 28, you know, so these guys are getting younger and younger. They, so they don't have that, um, experience of ownership with classic cars but they want the coolness and their individuality of the classic car so we that's where we try and fuse the two together does that make sense yeah the best of both worlds and they want to yeah. be with the car and not have to think about it but they still want like you said the coolness factor yeah just that yeah. individuality you know because every collector can have you know 10 ferraris and 10 porsches but mm-hmm. how many how many, you know, high-end 240Zs have people got in the collection? There's not that many. And yeah. I, think that's what, I think that's what appeals, people who want to have something different. Have we got time? Do you want to talk about the race car? Am I okay to talk about the race car for a minute? Yeah, yeah, keep, no, yeah keep talking. We're here to talk about all of it. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so yeah. you see the middle car there on the rack with the, yeah. with the white square on the door? Mm-hmm. Well, that car is the first... 240Z, 240Z, <laughs> depending on where you're from, um, to race in the World Championships. In It's the first car in UK and Europe to race in the World Championship races uh, in back in the 70s. So it's a very, very, very special car indeed. That's a um, lot of significance right there. Holy yeah, crap. It really is. I'm going um, to go back upstairs and I'll just tell you a quick story about the car. I'll, I'll just quickly run back onto the um, race the, car. The story race of, car. Yeah, of the of the race car. Right. So, given its pro, you know, given its importance and stuff, I 
I read up on that car, you know, back late, late, say 2008, 2009. I read about this, and it's it's remote, it's, it's kind of known for its license plate, its registration plate is 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 L A L nine oh nine K. So everybody in UK and Europe will know that car from its license plate. And the reason for that is it was it was like remember we some when we talked about the working class hero of the Datsun? Yeah. Well this yes. is this is this epitomizes that because this car was converted by a company called Samurai Conversions back in the 70s, who were like almost like a diluted version of MZR. They just did certain modifications and certain paint schemes for the cars that they modified. And this car used to drive, it was a road legal car, and would drive to the races with its license plate on and race and then drive home. And this is the reason why it stuck with everybody. And this is this has got to a point where in 1977, in Brands Hatch, it, um, I think by that time, it might have been specced up to a proper race level, but it came and it raced against the Porsche 935s. Now, these 935 Porsches were winning Le Mans and Daytonas, and they were like, they must have been looking at this Datsun on the, coming on this trail and thinking, you know, who's this guy? You know, who's, who, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> and in that race um in brands hatch uh, and it was a world championship it was a really wet uh wet circuit um you know there was a lot of heavy rain that day and because the 240 handled so well uh around the corners and stuff it it, it, it i think it rose through the grid to about sixth position you know against all these porsche nine i've got some fantastic photos i'll have to show you of, the, of it racing against the Porsche 935s. I mean, these guys will have been brought in, you know, big transporters and backup service vehicles. And and all of a sudden, this little 240 comes on the back of a trailer and it's like passing all these Porsches. <laughs> and what happened is the story goes, I'm only going by the story, you know, I, I could, it could be incorrect, but they say that the Porsche had so much influence with the race organizers that they were scared that this 240 was going to, you know, get to the top of the grid and they stopped the race uh, oh, for nice. supposedly bad rain. And what? unfortunately, when it, yeah, when it restarted again, it crashed and it didn't finish the race. So <laughs> that story, I mean, obviously stateside, the story's not, not that well known, but honestly, that, that story holds so much weight over here of David and Goliath. And, and I think that's, this is the things that give me the affiliation and these are the things that drive me uh, and MZR and, my, you know, Martin and all the workers to, to really push the car up like that car did on the racetrack, you know, push it past the Porsches. It's better <laughs> than all them, you know what I mean? So, you know, that, honestly, and, and, I, and the story of me finding the car is, is bonkers. Uh, it's absolute fate. I mean, I... I, I read the stories and I became a little bit obsessed with it. Um, and then I was like, how come nobody knows where the car is? Usually, you know, it's quite a small world, the Zed world. You find out it's with a collector in so-and-so. It, it disappeared. It, it, it got sold uh, at Bonham's auction in 2005. And that was it. It just went off the grid. 
nobody knew where it was. Some people said it had gone abroad. Some people said it had been dismantled. It had just disappeared. So I got in touch with Bonhams. Um, this was like a bit me being obsessed, but I got in, this is before MZR as well. So this is just me being a, a, a 240Z fan, you know, just a club owner, if you will. Yeah. Um, I got in touch with Bonhams and, and they shared the information that, yes, it got sold to a gentleman in Greece. And if you want to find out more about the car, you can send, you know, we'll, we'll forward a correspondence on. So I forwarded an email and he goes, no, 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 we don't want an email. We want a handwritten letter, you know, stating what your interest is and what you, you know. So I wrote this long love letter and sent it to Bonhams and they forwarded it on to this uh, collector in Greece and didn't get any response. Um, and that was it, as far as I was concerned. Um, and what I did find out at the time was at Bonhams, when it sold at Bonhams, there were two, uh, 240s, which looked very similar. Um, it might have been from the same seller at that time, but they got the photos mixed up in the auction book. So basically, it had, and this is important, this is really important, this is how I got the car. So basically, it had the wrong picture and the wrong description. Uh, it had, sorry, the right description, but the wrong picture of the car in the auction book. And when the car, so that's, and that's what happened when the car got sold. So what happened is, after I'd sent this letter to Bonhams, um, and didn't hear anything for months, thought that's it, it's dead in the water. I got back in touch with Bonhams and said, did he reply back at all? And they said, I'm really sorry, we got no response. You know, that's as much as we can do. About a year, a year and a half later, I see the picture of the wrong 240 that was in the auction of this car for sale in Greece. And I'm like, it can't be the, is it that car? Can it be that car? But he'd add, what he'd done is, instead of taking pictures of his own car, he used that old, he used the photo from the auction book. <laughs> but only, only a nerd, a few nerds like me knew what that car could be. Yeah. You know? Um, so I rang him up straight away. Uh, at that time, Greece was going through a real economic decline. And he goes, look, I'm, I don't want a bank transfer. I want cash. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm in the UK. And he goes, well, I don't care. You know, and I'm thinking, the, <laughs> clock, the clock's ticking here because it, it isn't going to be long till somebody else who's a lot richer than me going to know what this car is. So yeah. I left him yeah. a deposit, which he did take by bank transfer. And then I borrowed money off my dad, my brother, and whoever else. And I gave this transport guy a bag of cash to drive all the way across Europe. And verify the car for me and you know five days later it's it's at home so wow. that's fair isn't it it's you know wow. it's unbelievable yeah so the car what? needs to be converted back to the race spec and converted back to its original paint scheme and we're very busy at the moment but you know god willing one day it's not going anywhere so it will be my little retirement uh, car and hopefully we'll get it back to its former glory that's awesome. What an amazing story. That's just amazing. I'm really sorry for bored you. Oh, that wasn't boring. That wasn't boring. That was a great story. I love that story. So yeah. what well, how did the what so it's all taken apart now, but what was the condition of the car when you when you received it? So 
so basically what happened when it you know the Franz Hatch uh, race story that I told you where it, it, uh, it, it was doing really well and then they stopped yeah. the race and it crashed so basically the back in the 70s you could buy everything from Nissan brand new so it's had a whole whole new front end on it uh, you know the inner uh -huh. wings the chassis all that was done and then it got converted to uh, a rally car but it never it never made the road it got converted by a very well known uh, company in the UK back in the 70s um, I've got photo documentation and and stuff of the of the conversion and stuff and then it so it's come to me not in the right spec because it's got all the, it had all of the rally stuff and yeah. again I got so lucky a lot of the rally stuff for the work genuine works nissan you know when it used to the 240s did so well in monte carlo and all these yeah. fancy rallies and they had all these so it had a lot of really rare works rally uh components on it wow uh, which yeah which which i then sold to uh alan thomas who i bought the 240s at off because he wanted it for one of his restorations so it was such a sweet deal <laughs> That's awesome. It was such a great deal. So um, I'll, I'll send you some pictures, uh, Sung and Jess, of the car in its form. You know, it's it's a really cool looking car, and then you can see what needs to be done to it. It had such a, the Samurai's had such a unique paint scheme. It, it, if I tell you it verbally, it just sounds like that. But yeah. it's it really worked. It was so it had the, it was the original one ten red. You know, like the post box red. Mm. And then it had these white pinstripes, and then it had a, a like a bronze um, two-tone paint scheme. It, honestly, it just sounds like it should work. It looks but, awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait to. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a real goldy block bronze. So the top half of the car was bronze. Then there was yeah. this pinstripe that separated its white pinstripe. And then it had the red, and it just worked. It was just so seventies. It screamed the seventies. So, what kind of power? What kind of engine would you put in that when you restored it? I, I go back to its original, yeah, original specification. Song. So, it would have been like a, a, a standard two forty uh, engine, like, tri yeah. big trip, yeah, tri big triple carbs, uh, big bore, you know, sort of fancy manifold and exhaust. I mean, it would probably. Probably been about two hundred brake horse back in the days, but yeah. that's yeah. a lot. You think about the weight ratio. You think about you think about that on the race track, you know, against all these big heavy cars with the back end sliding out. You know, this the thing is with the Z, it it was produced with perfect, you know, almost fifty fifty perfect balance. These Japanese are clever guys. Yes, honestly, they are clever guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, I'm realizing that working on trying to get Opa running with this positive ground stuff, they're so clever that they made the car almost impossible to understand for people like <laughs> us. <laughs> they're too clever. Yeah, if it's, any, if it's any consolation, we're still learning every day and there's, there's six of us here, honestly. And we've been working on these cars for years. Yeah. Well, if well, you want to learn something... You're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Jess. Well, speaking of the 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 uh, learning something, I want to uh, do a tour of the actual MZR car. Like we got to show Jess an actual MZR car, yeah. Uh, okay. 
I'll. Uh... Yeah. Do you know what? I haven't got much here at the moment. Let me have a look. I've got... You got any wide bodies? Uh, I've got to. Let me switch it over. Uh... Wait, first of all, where did you. How did you come up with the name MZR, Rahel? Easy. Okay. M for, M for Martin. Yeah. Z for the cars. And R for Rahel. There you go. Perfect. All right. Now we know. All right. <laughs> See, I, I, wanted, I wanted to be the first. I wanted to call it RZM, but it just didn't have the same ring tone. It didn't have the same tone to it. So MZR sounds cooler, doesn't it? It does, unfortunately. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, let me spray. Oh, we go. Sorry, I'm rubbish on these phones. Really fine. Oh, we switched. Yeah, we go. So I'll talk you through the press car, the demo car that Sung drove magnificently. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've got. I mean, it's really hard to know where to start and stop because there's literally so many components, which is bespoke and you know we've kind of changed and stuff but fundamentally this this is like the sport design this is not the wide bodied right. so this is like a standard body um car so we've got you know the unique front balance we've got our own wheels um these are you know these are made in in, in the uk these are our own design wheels are those we've got our own ones or no sorry are those the three-piece ones or are those different yeah. ones they're all all our wheels are three-piece so that so the bolts oh. are hidden on this, so you you know, kind of looks a bit more um, period, yeah, a bit more yeah. cluttered. Awesome. Uh, you know, we've got got the carbon mirrors, which we sometimes we have them body coloured depending on the on the client. Um, yeah. You know, they just the thing is, I'll probably show you a lot of stuff, Jess, but you don't. If you're a, if you're a two forty guy, you'll know that that's not meant to be like mm -hmm. that, and you know that kind of thing. And uh, even you know, even the tail light panel is is bespoken yeah it's got the central exhaust yeah. um coming out which Gosh, i know some, some really liked and then interiors a little bit of bling bling yeah. <laughs> so you know all, all every panel is individually um designed and produced for us and then we get these all sort of trimmed to the highest sort of standard with i mean this one is this is actually lamborghini napa leather uh, so you can imagine the cost oh, of yeah. just the leather itself. Yeah, and, you know, and then we've got the, the basket weave. Um, this, is is where we, this is where we get to play a little bit and our own sort of interpretation can come out and we can express ourselves a little bit more inside. Um, you know, we've got our own sort of race seats here, which even though they're kind of, you know, bucket seats, they're, they're so comfortable. This is the car that I spent nine hours with. And honestly, I, I got out of it and it was just like I'd been driving my Audi, you know, my daily Audi. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, they just, we've gone to so much effort and time to try and get the ergonomics right, you know, and get the padding right and the support right. And, and it, you still just, even have the vents in there. That is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, with the next cars that are coming out from sort of um, in the next three months onwards, the, they're going to look a lot different to this. Um, we've got a new dash. We've got we've got we've got some really cool stuff coming out. Awesome. But hoping we haven't overstepped the mark. You'll have to tell us, Jess, whether we have or whether we haven't. I will. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, the console's unique. I mean, you can tell the difference, obviously, between the ZG and this in terms of the layout and all the, you know, sort of the bespoke, the door cards. and But a lot of it is what goes on underneath, you know. We, we've yeah. kind of, I mean, I can't, the engine, unfortunately, I think we've taken the, the uh, fuel injection off this car just doing some more development work on it. Mm. But, um, you know, kind of keep it super clean in there um so with the with the engine is that uh, do you start with a a, a stock engine or is that, or is that a, total, a complete swap for those cars uh, we'll always use the base of the 2.8 uh so this okay. is probably a better example to show this is the this is the france commission and um yeah we'll start with a 2.8 and the client will have a choice of either keeping it as a standard 2.8 or, you know, performance 2.9 or stroke a three litre. Uh, we're even doing a 3.2 now um, on the evolution models and stuff. So it gets, there's, there's so much you can do with these uh, engines sung. And um, I mean, we are, we, we are, we're actually doing an RB. Um, it's taken us, it's taken me a long time to get my head around doing a complete engine swap like you did on Fugu. Um, yeah. but it, it's just, it's just the evolution of MZR and the evolution of our cars that is dictated, you know, that, that kind of route for us to go. But as long as I get, or let's say I, as we, as in MZR get to put our own stamp on, uh, putting in a different engine, um, right. I'm happy with that. Cause I think we're going to, you know, I think you're going to see something, well, it's going to be pretty special. Um, the, the, our interpretation of the RB and um, and how that's going to look and how that's going to perform as well. So, yeah. I mean, we've got, this is a London commission here, which is in a sort of slightly, you probably might not be able to tell on the video, but this is a slightly darker um, green. And, yeah. you know, this is our, you know, that's our, our brakes there. And it's, um, this is kind of just, we're just getting started with this car. Um, yeah. I peeked on that one, and that one's just... Oh, do you like this car, yeah? I just... It's beautiful. <laughs> what what and, color and is that going to be? It's like a, it's like a lime Sorry green, too. huh? Yeah, oh, it's, it's, kind, it's of, kind of more of a drink. Yeah, this, this, is, this is difficult to, to see, Jess, but this is actually... It's kind of, this is a wide-bodied car. This is the first MZR50 that we're building. Yeah. And honestly, I I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but this car is going to be really, really cool. I nearly nearly swore then, and I just stopped myself from swearing. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be really, really cool. I don't know if you can see the uh, very subtle sort of um, enhancements that we've yeah. done. This car took us, it took about 12 months to perfect. I don't know, maybe you can oh. see the sort of bulge on the rear arch a bit. Um, maybe maybe better from the back actually. From from over there, but yeah, it's it's going to be a special car all round. Um, and this is to mark the anniversary, the fiftieth anniversary of the two forty, which was last year. That is so uh, cool. Yeah, so that, I really want to do something special, and I'm really happy how this has turned out. Um, and I think once all the bits on it. What? 
Why is the transmission tunnel so big now inside? Is that is that for the RB swap? That's for the six speed um, our six speed transmission off the three seventy Z. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've we've modified. I mean, yeah. There's there's so much that's modified. We've got different differential now to the to the you know like it's kind of weird to say, but like the demo cars kind of dated now. There's so many new things that we brought out. Um, yeah. So we will pro we'll probably do is if and when we ever get time is we'll we'll probably strip the this demo car down and and start fitting all the new bits to it. Because obviously, if a client comes, especially when they come from overseas, because we've, we've got a lot of clients that come from overseas, Jess. Yeah. Um, it, it's only fair that they drive the car that they, we're going to build them, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, no, with the six-speed, you know, and, and all, the, all the new bits and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to bore you guys too much, but you, you can see what we're trying to do. We're just trying to, um, we're just trying to bring it up to date without taking the weights. Well, what makes it good? Um, and, you know, I reckon we must be very close to that by the number of sort of, you know, the, the how can I say, the, it's just been a phenomenal response to our cars uh, in terms of inquiries, in terms of clientele, in, in, you know, in terms of orders. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's humbling. It really is. Uh, for, you know, for somebody to just imagine somebody you've never met um, and, and probably never going to see to, to inquire and have that trust in you to build something of that, of, you know, the price bracket alone, you know, just have that trust of, of, of sending you the funds and stuff. For me, it's just, I, it, it blows me away. It really yeah. does. So what's the process of, a, of a, a customer working with you to come up with his vision or his, his, uh, you know his dream car do you guys do you and martin kind of have cars already planned out and then you present him options yeah the choice what, did, yeah. What, yeah what we did in the beginning um was we gave him too much choice and we did what we kind of kept jumping from one thing to another and then the, so what we're trying to do now um i've just come back in the office because it's a little bit warmer um mm. <laughs> what we do now is we try and narrow it down to two different models. So you've got this, basically you've got the sport design, which is the standard body. Mm -hmm. uh, more, you could probably say more of a purist uh, angle, and we, we, you know, because we have some clients who just want a really nice two forty, right. and then obviously, and then we, and then what we've done is introduced the MZR fifty, which has got the bespoke, you know, sort of body enhancements and the wider wheels and the more beefy engine and the bigger brakes and um and 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 just try and keep in line with these two models and then their options can be the body color and wheel finish and that's easy you know that's a bit more that that's what makes it personal to them and then obviously they've got the options on engines and stuff like that but i think if you give somebody a blank canvas it's dangerous because without trying to tell the client we, we kind of know what's best for the cars we, we, we know what's you know so we kind of say look you've got the, you, these are your options um and you know try and stay within that parameter and they respect us they re respect us and, and we usually we usually get to the final sort of spec very quickly really 
Yeah, too many choices are definitely dangerous for people who love the car, <laughs> but they don't know the car, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it can definitely be dangerous and overwhelming, and it doesn't turn out really good sometimes. But um, it, uh, it sounds like you guys have got it all, all narrowed down and and pretty pretty awesome actually with how you have this set up with your your two models and then they get to customize them from there that sounds perfect actually yeah <laughs> i think it's just you know you, you learn it's like life isn't it you learn learn sometimes you learn the hard way and we we yeah we, we jump you know somebody would want some you know a certain type of braking system somebody would want so and it, it just ended up that we were just running around in circles you know we we were reinventing the wheel too many times where, you know, if you've got some of that works, that's it. Leave it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> what was going to, um, what was I going to ask? I had a really important question. I just forgot what I was going to ask you. Jeez. Um, Sorry. <laughs> was it about the process? Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you ever say no to customers? Do you ever meet somebody you're like, I'm not selling you that car? Please say yes. I, 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 <laughs> I do it in a very diplomatic way. Mm. <laughs> but why? Yeah. What are the what, what? What makes you say no to someone? What are you? What turns you off? What, what's the criteria? Um, when somebody. And it's happened a couple of times, and it's just an instant put off to me and Martin is when somebody is looking to have a car built for more commercial financial reason than owning the car. So they they kind of almost looking at it as uh, it's something I'll get built and sell on a profit. Mm. And that, that's just just not gonna not gonna work. And it's very uh, as clever as anybody wants to be. It's very very easy to filter out. Very very easy to filter out. And it, and to be mm. honest, it doesn't happen very often. If I'm honest with you. It, you, within it's like when I met some within five minutes, you suss out somebody. You know what they're about. You know how genuine they are. And it, what, some of the clients are, are absolutely unbelievable jest that we've got they are amazing people you know they've got amazing amazing stories they've got amazing collections they've got they just it is and honestly that's the thing that drives me because some days are hard some days are really hard things don't go to plan and you know you're building the hand-built cars aren't they so there's not robots building them you know we incur problems and different there's different hurdles every day and but honestly these are the things that drivers is the obviously the end result really i love for me i am you know martin always sort of uh take makes the fun of me but my biggest buzz is when the photographer comes to take the pictures of the car when it's all finished and i just love waiting for the for the set to get sent through to me you know because that's like all the months of hard work and you just see that car and it's just you know it just comes out better than what you thought. I mean, the, the one other good sort of drive is nearly, every, well, every client that we've had have always kind of given us the same 
uh, feedback is it's been they always say it's beyond what we expected, which is brilliant considering That's, you know yeah yeah you, you knew the cars that the cars were sat with you know obviously the clients you know I've got to be very confidential with uh, information but it, you know these two forties are sitting with the best cars in the world seriously with some of the best collectors in the world. Uh, and yeah. that's what gets me up every morning. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's bonkers. It's really. But would you? It's, it's, it's weird. Right, right. Would Martin and you say no to certain specs? If uh, let's say I came in, yeah, yeah. right, and, and then you're like, "Oh, this guy checks out. He's a nice guy." And I said, "Hey, Rahel, when I when the door opens in my purple 240Z, I need the door to open, and then I need an underglow." And then I need some like EDC club music. To... <laughs> as soon as I open the door, I need that yeah, in my car. Would you? Would you and Martin go get out of here? Or would you go? Let us consider that. And I go. I'll pay. <laughs> I'll pay whatever it costs. But I need that. And I need. I need I that. Think, and I, think... I need. I need MZR in the back. Big old <laughs> sticker. MZR is dope. So you want like, like you're thinking like Las Vegas on wheels, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much like a club on wheels, a club on wheels. <laughs> I think I think the easiest answer to that is you haven't seen one of them from MZR, so you won't see one of them. <laughs> good, good answer. Good answer. Yeah. You won't sell out. You won't sell out is basically what you're saying. Good. Yeah, come well, on. It's all about it's it's all about integrity, isn't it? You've got to keep it. Yes. Who, who, if you think about it, who's, who's that doing injustice to? It's doing injustice to the car, isn't it? Absolutely. Really? You know, with, you know, with, and it's doing injustice to my workers as well, really. You know, they, that car would take the same amount of time, probably longer to build than, than the others. And for it to be, um, I don't know what, what's the word, abused? <laughs> it's not our thing, for sure. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, right. there's some things that are definitely uh, deal breakers when you're building the car. Yeah, so you've got to throw a be 50 in this car, and you're like, mm, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your go away. <laughs> I mean, I think the I think the wide bodied commission was about as 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 extreme as we'd go, um, and that was kind of a one off for a. For a very special client, and yeah, um, yeah, I think that's probably as far as we've gone. Now. And I think we did that pretty tasteful. That went down. What was his? What was his? What was his thinking behind the wide body conversion? Why do you want that? He wanted that because, um, again, he, he's a you know he was a UK client, and he, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of Japanese uh, cars in his collection. He already, I think, he had already had two two forties. And he just wanted mm -hmm. something different. He had a nice 240, he had a nice, you know, nice flares and Watanabe's, and it was a nice car. Um, and he showed me the picture of, let me think now, uh, is it Rocky Auto or Japan? You know, Rocky Auto, they're quite well-known um, tunists in Japan, and they had this really wild, wide-bodied, they're really well-known for putting RBs and automatic sort of RB transmissions in all the cars and stuff. And he showed me this picture and he said, this is what I want the car to be like. And I said, look, you know, we can do something in the ballpark where it 
it's going to be, it's not going to be bolt on fiberglass flares. It's not going to be, it's going to be handcrafted. Um, it, you know, and he got what we were trying to get at and he stuck with us and he absolutely loves it. He yeah. absolutely, same again, honestly, he said absolutely way better than what he thought it was going to be. That car um, is so beautiful. It, oh my gosh. You know which one I mean? It's the, it's the grey one, yeah? The grey bronze yeah, one? Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Some, have you seen that car? I think so. You showed it to me, right, Rahim? Did anyone see it in person? Um, it, it was in it was in the Super Street magazine, so I'll say, I'll send you some pictures. But yeah, I think you might have seen it. It wasn't here when oh, you it came. Wasn't here. Oh. Uh, no, no, I haven't, no, so I haven't, I haven't seen it. No, no. yeah, because it some, yeah. they did nice metal, metal fender flares, like how we talked yeah. about, yeah. and uh, that's how it should be done, I think, personally, because. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better thing on a vehicle than quality and authenticity. So there's my two cents on that one. <laughs> but, but wait, let me let me let me ask this. Okay, so so when mm -hmm. I was so so Rayo showed you know his G nose that we just saw, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So that I was yeah. I was thinking while I was looking at it. So that's a factory fender flare, right? That's a bolt. Yeah. That's that's fiberglass too. That's not metal, right? That's not a metal. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's fiberglass, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that is authentic to that period and to that car, right? So I was thinking for Opa, for Opa, I want fender flares, but I wanted something relevant. I wanted something with a story behind it. So I agreed with, I agree with you, Jess. I was thinking, yeah, metal flares for this guy would be much better but it, i don't it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right really? for some weird reason yeah it doesn't feel right with it because i feel like it needs to be and don't i'm not disrespecting open but i feel like it needs to be cheap <laughs> why the lorry i don't i don't i i don't know no, so, I, mean, so, so, I know i know where something's coming from because that, i mean that was the whole you know, the reason that the uh, flares from the Nissan factory are fiberglass is it was, cheap. It, was, it was it was function over form. It was for, race, you know, they wanted to fit wider wheels for the race cars. And what's the cheapest and quickest form of doing that, you know, back in the 70s. And that's the reason that they fit the uh, flares. But I'm, I'm with Jess. <laughs> Well, okay, so no, 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 no. I agree with you guys. Look, but the thing is that the Genos has created a different like standard, like a new precedent. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's established a certain look, right? And now because of those fiberglass authentic, they're they're actually real Genos Nissan fiberglass you know, yeah. flares. Those are as valuable to me. Right, because of the story and the origin, as you know, original metal flares. Because if they were just you know cheap aftermarket flares that you could buy, and they were you know, and they were not from Nissan, I would say, man, I, I think I'm gonna, I, I'd rather go with metal flares because there's more, you know, there's more work into it, and it's 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 permanent. But the fact that it's actually we could, I could find either a duplicate or actually a you know, if I could find real Gino's uh, fender flares, right, and then and put it on Opa, 
those are so rare. Or even if I could find replicas, there's a reason why those flares are on this car, right? Because it was put on the Genos. So th that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm coming from. No, so, I get you. Right? I mean, there's, there's history to it now. Because it, it, you have to use the Genos flares. You can't just use any fiberglass flares. You know what I'm saying? That is fair. I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, on my – I have a 69 bug, and yeah. it, uh, it got wrecked, and I'm rebuilding it because it saved my life. I love that car. Whatever. Anyhow, so when I rebuild it, I'm going to widen all of my fenders because yeah. I want that little bit more of a low, wide stance. I prefer that. And now that yeah. it's been hurt, I can modify it as I see fit. But yeah. they do make fiberglass fenders that are pre-widened. Mm, yeah. But why would I do that when it's my car? So I'm going to actually cut and add and weld and make them out of OG metal. And everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, nice, nice fiberglass fenders. And I'm going to be like, guess what, buddy? They're not fiberglass. <laughs> but I'm with you on that, Jess. I w for, for the Volkswagen, I would not put the fiberglass flares in because there's no story behind it. But if those flares were in a, you know, a certain uh, specific rare VW bug and had like rally race history or Baja 1000 history, right? And those were fiberglass flares from the 70s and they're raced in the Baja, but, then but I would say, right? But What's then that? that's a restoration kind of thing, putting it back to the way it was for a race car or, a, you know, like a Baja car, like you said. But... No, what I'm saying is I it's homage. It's a, it would be an homage to that car. Right? I guess yeah, there is a connection. There's a connection, isn't there? Yeah. But mm. I agree with you. Putting, like it putting, <laughs> what's that? It's, it's, like, listen, it's, like, um, it's like picking a body color, isn't it? I mean, talking about these flares, it's, this, this is why it, it's brilliant. It's whatever Sun chooses, it's because it's his car, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's the bottom line. You know, it's his personal. Oh yeah. And and, and wow, this car, I, I, this car is even personal to me, Opie, because of the timing of the purchase and the the even the Sun's garage. It's just um, it's unreal. You know, who's going to forget the birth of this community through the yeah. time that we're living at the moment? It's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. But if you don't talk about different options on how to do something and you don't actually verbalize it and have a sounding board, then you're just going to go with what you first thought without even thinking about other things. So like, yeah, yeah it's Sung's vehicle, but if he's only thinking about it one way, then he's going to what potentially settle on one idea and not hear other ideas. I don't know. I would rather hear multiple ideas from multiple yeah, different yeah. people. And then even if I disregard those opinions, at least I heard them and I'm thinking about them and maybe that'll go on to a different project. Like someone was talking about doing up a Volkswagen bug. Maybe something that we've talked about or you and Racer M have talked about will end up pertaining to that Volkswagen bug. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you're going to yeah. do it on OPA, but yeah. you might do it on something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's important. I mean, I, that's why I love talking to, you know, Keep you know, car folks out there because everyone has a unique taste. And at first, even like color schemes, you, you know, look at a paint, you know, look at a paint job and you go, well, why would you choose the colors? And then 
you talk to the person and there's like a origin, there's a reason why. And then like, you start falling in love with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome. This was awesome. I, I, I could talk to you all day. So I really appreciate you guys' time. And I'm glad you too, Matt. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, Thank you for this. Yeah, okay, we'll talk again. We'll come and visit both of you guys again. So thanks for hanging out, guys. So I'll talk to okay. you later. Okay. See you guys. Thanks, Rahel. Thanks, Bye -bye. Jess. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Sung's Garage. And I want to give a huge, huge thanks to my buddy Rahel for sharing with us so many of his beautiful MZRZs. Thank you so much for creating these pieces of art for us to enjoy. I'm so fortunate to call you a friend, bro. And thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Um, and I can't wait to come back to Bradford to show you how to drive on the wrong side of the road. As always, let's all continue to stay indoors if possible and stay safe during these tough times. For all those medical first responders or essential people helping, I truly send my thanks to all of you. All right, y'all be good. So I'm going to give a shout out to all the people that made Sun's Garage possible. We got producers Anson Ho, Sal Gatula, Gary Lee, Aaron Strongoni. We got music by the one and only talented Lyrics Born. And we got food, catering, and hugs and love by Mickey Yim. All right, thank you very much. And also, all of you guys that are listening. Till next time, peace out. See you at Sun's Garage.